Ladies and gentlemen, about to get blown away. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. Phil, welcome to the show, dude. Thanks for having me here. It's awesome to be here, dude. Man, I'm having a blast. You having the, you had the world behind you. We're about to take it and just show them what time it is. If you're in a podcasting space and if you don't know this face or if you don't know the face, you probably have heard the voice. He's yep. the guy behind a lot of crazy shit popping off. And we were just having a brief conversation as we do before we hit record on this thing. I was like, holy shit, just hit record. Let They need to hear this. So, but man, I'm, I'm really excited. A lot of things we can cover and go into. I mean, you have your, your TV show, you have, you've sold a couple of different podcasting networks and obviously mm -hmm. where podcasting blew the freak up in 2020, people are coming after you. It's like, Phil, I need your help. Grow my network, grow my listenership, grow my downloads, grow my everything. How mm -hmm. do I monetize? And that's the number one issue that I do see with podcasting is people don't know how to make money. Well, nope. that's something that you've obviously been able to crack a code on, which I don't really believe is a code. But for the first, I guess we kind of lean into this. Mm -hmm. How would you kind of describe yourself to someone that doesn't really know who you are and what you do and all the crazy things that you've done in your life? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. That's yeah. So, I mean, in terms of now, it's pretty, it's pretty easy, but in terms of like <laughs> everything I've done in my life, it's like, where'd you begin? Like I was a former professional football player, soccer yeah. for some of you watching, um, got medically retired, went into coaching, um, hated it. It was like, I describe it as being like a recovering alcoholic trying to manage a bar. <laughs> um, I was on the uh, sideline and I just wanted to be on the field. Like this thing was driving me crazy. So then I went and became a chartered surveyor and I got to a board level within lots of big real estate and construction companies. Grew and sold to sports podcasting networks, then went off on my own, used podcasting to grow and scale and sell eventually to professional mm -hmm. services agencies. And then for about six years now, I've been teaching other people how to scale and grow their businesses using podcasting and more importantly, monetize podcasting. Because it's it's funny you should say, right? Because the, the statistics and the like, st stats are always funny because it depends on who takes them. But the answer is somewhere between 8 and 10% of the industry make money from their podcast, either with their own show or by guest appearances. Yep. And as someone who's been doing that for the past 13 years, like a lot of this stuff just seems like common sense to me. And you present it to people and they go, like, okay. It's always a small little changes, though, that make a huge gap of a difference. Yep. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a businessman that just happened to have a show. I'm just a businessman that just happened to have a show. Luckily for myself, I wouldn't say luck because I don't really believe in luck. I don't have a horseshoe stuck up my ass. But I'm just a businessman first and then happen to have a show. And then I just know how to monetize. I just know how to turn it into a real business, not a affiliate marketing business where they, people think they own stuff and you just own the rights to license things. I yep. mean, is what you own patentable? Is How is it different than everybody else out there? And yeah, then making true. that huge competitive advantage shift and then they go, oh, that makes more sense. Well, it doesn't mm -hmm. really take long for you to open your mouth and actually show, or I guess you would say, display your talents and skills and then going, okay, Phil knows what he's talking about here. Mm -hmm. yeah, so, do you know what? Often it comes down to mindset, right? So yeah. I often say that people try and the people that are failing to monetize a podcast, it's because they're running it like a TV or radio show. And when mm -hmm. it's about a TV or radio show, it's all about the audience, right? It's all about the mm. numbers. Like you've got to get more numbers so you can sell sponsorship and sell advertising and give away control of the podcast and all that kind of stuff. And my attitude towards it is, I mean, I, I have a something I call a pitch slap and a pitch slap is I'm going to pitch slap you across the face with it, right? And you'll feel it when you hear it. And my pitch slap on stage, television, podcast is always the same thing. Over the next 20 to 30 minutes, I'm going to show you how to make seven to eight additional figures in your business from a podcast that's got zero listeners. And everyone that would, goes, that would get my attention. Yeah, like, what's this guy talking about? But it's about the relationship, right? The power of podcasting is not in the audience. That's just an awesome byproduct. The power of podcasting is in the network. It's building high profile relationships. In fact, mm -hmm. we can do it, dude. We, let's give an example. We're, we're, we're less than five minutes in and here's a big golden nugget. From our conversations getting ready for this podcast, you and I are going to do business together. Absolutely. It's a no brainer. Right? It's a no brainer. It's when we're, we're, we have the capacity to understand that frequency and under that level of understanding. We're uncommon thinkers. Mm -hmm. We're uncommon actually action takers. It, 
five minutes, that's all we need. It was like, yeah, we're going to do something. I don't know what the hell it is, but we'll do Absolutely. something. Absolutely. And that right there is the power of podcasting because yep. you and I have met because of this platform and we're now going to go away and help a lot of people and make a lot of money together. Mm -hmm. That's what business is all about. So if you repeat that model over and over again, and it's about creating business partnerships, clients, strategic alliances that are going to fuel your business and take you to the next level, at the moment, there is no better platform other than podcasting to do that. Yeah, I love that you said strategic alliances. That's important. I built Winject Studios by only strategic alliances. Yeah. Every absolutely. person other than my financial company that obviously operates and navigates in the United States. Mm -hmm. And it's for we do have funding available for those who qualify. It's an important little statement at the end of that. Mm -hmm. And if they don't qualify, they don't qualify. But obviously going in global and financial, other than that, that is the only only partnership that I have within Winject Studios that didn't come from the byproduct of me podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I've only been a podcaster for 18 months. Thank you, brother. Amen. You're doing my job for me because what you're describing right here is exactly what I'm best at. I'm best at helping people create what I call NCPs, non-competitive partners. There it is. Who are the people that sell to your existing audience but don't sell the same service or product? Create strategic alliances with those people by meeting them on podcasts deliberately via a strategy. See who you resonate with. See who you vibe with. Your vibes attracts your tribe. Figure out who like it is that. you want to do business with and then go, oh my God, we got to do something. I mean, what we did are my favorite words. The amount of times that that's the start of something beautiful when somebody says, I like you, we should do business together. And we don't even know what it is. We're just going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. the, the best relationships come from that place. Right. It does come from that place. And it also, I spend a lot of time and I know that you do as well. I spend a lot of time in my own thoughts and reflecting and then writing down my own thoughts from those, obviously putting there, okay, what is the actionable step? Mm -hmm. What makes sense? And what is my gut telling me? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So much so. Your instinct is massive. you got to make more, whether you call it the heart, gut, soul, I don't care what you call it, right? But stop making logical decisions because yes. logical decisions let you down, right? Mm -hmm. We Every single person listening to this at some point or another has worked with a client that they really wish they hadn't bothered. Yeah, they and feel it. They feel it right when they take the payment, bro. You knew it. We knew it. And, and it's always, that's the reason they always stab so much in the gut, right? Because mm -hmm. when they let you down, it's always that one that you go above and beyond for or give them a big discount or you knew, right? You just knew. And then you get stabbed in the gut and you go, ah, I knew I shouldn't have done that. And, mm. and yet we do it because it's like, you know what? I don't really vibe with that person. There's something about them, but you know, it's 50 grand. Like I could do with the cash. Like, let's just do the deal. It's fine. It's easy to, it's easy to get enticed by that. But then yeah. when you do make a shift and you do make it to a certain amount of a level of success, then mm -hmm. it's not about making money anymore. So just about enjoying thoroughly enjoying Absolutely. to the true essence of who you are and going, mm -hmm. I fucking love what I do. I don't you have don't to do what I do. I love what I do. What you do, don't do it. Right. Yep. Um, I felt like, you know, podcasting to me, when I started my own show, which you know this, when I started my show, the win win effect, it was how do I train 13 to 15,000 reps virtually? It's yep. like, well, that's fucking difficult. So, yep. okay, let's launch a podcast show. And then podcast blew up. I was mm -hmm. like, well, damn, I thought my catalyst, and, but that's about it. Um, yeah. and these people that I was doing it for, and then I was left with a really dick kick-ass show. It's like, all right, let's start reaching out to people that I know. Well, the, mm -hmm. if you actually do the work when no one's watching and you develop a good name for yourself, then you have someone that you can interview to speak to an audience, which that's the byproduct, which I love that you said that. And your vibe yeah. is your tribe. Yeah. You find your tribe <laughs> and you, tr so you create your tribe by your, it just goes right back into who you are. Like, I don't have to do business with people because they want to do business with me. I pick and choose who I do business with yep. if it aligns with the core values and the message and the overall outcome. Amen. Completely agree. I mean, look, we're, we're on a show called The Win-Win Effect. Podcasting is win-win-win-win because Everyone's it's about eat. building relationships, making networks. You know, If somebody's not... I can, this is my rule. If somebody's not a customer, a strategic alliance, or somebody that can introduce you to potential partners, what are you talking to them for? Yeah, I don't. What are we having a conversation about? I mean, yeah. do you? I don't. I, I like my coffee black with no yep. sugar. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's about it. I mean, what else am I going to have a conversation with you about? Mm -hmm. it, I mean, but you, you you'd be amazed, or maybe not actually. But, but I get so many people come to me at different levels in their career, and I get people come to me that say, you know, 
I feel like my industry's best kept secret and I want to get out there. Oh, I've I also, heard shit a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I also get like celebrities coming to me. Like I'm not going to name them because I don't want to embarrass them, but mm-hmm. people from like the secret movie that have come to me, like these are some of the biggest household names in the industry. And they say, you know, behind the best selling books, behind all this stuff, I have a roller coaster business because yep. like I I'm believe doing it. sales, I'm doing an event, win loads of sales. Then there's not another event for four months. And then it goes like this. So how do I get myself out there? How do I get that consistency? And for me, it's always about, well, strategic alliances is how I do it in my business. I Every single month, I have partners referring clients and business to me for a slice of the pie. And that's a reflection it, on how great you do your job. 100%. 100%. So you're really good at what you do. And that's an important distinction. Because I use this analogy a lot, and I know there's like a sales tactic out there that people use, and, and maybe it's where I got it from. But I always try and convince people not to work with me. Um, because yeah, I want- reverse psychology tactic that yeah. people did tend to use, but if you're doing it for the right reason, it's called reversing a table. Yeah, it's taking so I- a table and turn it. I talk to them about why they should work with me first, right? And then the second thing that I say is, look, let's put this into a, a description here. I'm going to fill an auditorium full of your ideal clients and your ideal strategic alliances, your non-competitive partners. I'm going to put you on stage and I'm going to put the spotlight on you and make sure that they're, they're all looking at you. If five to 10 minutes into that talk, they're going to realize that you don't have a clue what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> don't work with me because this is going to ruin your business, right? Mm-hmm. Go and play with somebody else. Find a clever copywriter. Do the Instagram lifestyle. Do that thing, right? But if you are really good at what you do and you truly, truly believe that you can help people. It. And if I put you on stage and more people know that you exist, they're going to do business with you then you and I are going to absolutely crush this thing. It's energy. It's all it is, is energy. People that are conscious of learning how to transfer their energy positively into mm-hmm. others. And if it's truly tapped into your source and how, and I guess you'd say where you get your fulfillment from in life, mm-hmm. people feel that from you. Sure do. You don't need to say, oh, I do this. People have no idea sometimes what I do for a living. Yep. They don't realize how, how deep that my hands are in people's pockets on certain yep. areas. And they'll go, I didn't know you own that business. Well, I don't need to tell you all this shit. People go like, I don't know what you do, but I just want to be around that guy. I just want to be around that business because it's how we make you feel. Mm -hmm. Not by what we say. And as we put it into work when no one's watching. Yep. I had a fun one recently, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago now. I was at this uh, networking event. In fact, I'll give it a shout out. It was called Strategic Alliance Live with a guy called Tom Matson. Tom and I are actually now doing a masterclass together because we just hit it off and we're having loads of fun with that. But the reason I'm bringing this up is somebody mentioned to me at this event, they said, oh, I watched this TV series and I think you, you'd you really like the guy. I wanted, was it your you, show? You should watch it. It's my show, yeah. <laughs> so it's one of the shows that we produce. And I was like, thank you for the compliment. You are right. I do love that guy, which is why I put him on air. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, That's actually, I don't know if you know this, but your the day that you launched your show, and the only reason I picked this up from the notes of my team yeah. was it was actually my birthday in 2020. It was, was April it really? 27th. Yeah, it was the day that it launched and went, it went live. And I was like, That's oh, shit. Amazing. I was like, well, that's kind of funny. That is so cool. I, I love like, that. That's sort of funny. It's like we just one of the things you just can't not remember. So yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a it's a date that sticks in your mind. Do you know what interested me about the whole television piece was that um, like I had to learn this stuff, right? I mean, like, nobody's mm-hmm. born knowing these things, and I didn't grow up around kind of television production and all that kind of stuff. So even things like you know oh, we need ten episodes before we can take you to series in case something happens along the way. We've got ten episodes worth of content, and it's right. Like, wow, okay, so we're going to have 10 episodes created before we even get anywhere. And so then you're trying to get the balance right of recording and getting edited and stitched, mm-hmm. and then they move stuff around. And, you know, again, this is one of the reasons I love podcasting is when you record a, a television interview, you'll do 60, 70 minutes worth of content, and it will make a 41, 45-minute yes. program. You don't know what made it cut. Not at all. It's not my say. I don't get to make that call, right? When a podcast, it's like, here it is. It's raw. It's real. Like you yeah. get to hear everything. Results are instantaneous. I love that. Absolutely. Me too. Like the feedback is instant too. I mean, like I would get messages from people going, I love last night's episode. And I'd be like, I recorded that like seven months ago. Can you remind mm-hmm. me what the hell I said? Mm-hmm. Like, What yeah, was it that resonated with you? Oh, you met this guy. I was like, did I meet this guy? <laughs> like who the fuck was I talking to? Yeah. <laughs> and I used to do that as well. But the one thing that this is the last season that the show will actually be pre-recorded. It will be live. I'm going to take it live. 
Amazing. And my the reason the purpose behind that is I'm starting to interview uh, more of the entertainment industry and and I'm going to treat my show more of like a like we'll do segments and just like kind of like a Johnny Cosh. Remember that back day? Not yeah, obviously yeah. that funny. It's not a comedy show, but I'm going to interview execs, the ones behind pulling all the strings yep. and bring them on and have a conversation. And another reason is okay. that I want to expose those that actually don't know their shit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, would you drop your cute card today? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it's funny so that right, some dude. of the celebrities and some of the people that you're talking about, I do meet and I've yep. done work with and I've been behind the scenes and watched them go on stage and speak all about the things they're talking about. When they get off the stage, they're looking at the numbers of what was sold because they don't know how to keep their lights on in their business. Yeah, exactly. They, they, they're, they're very good at their Every, bit, but right. they don't know the rest of it, right? Well, and, that's, and that That's the whole thing. And not to cut you off, but that's the whole thing. You can be the talent, but who's the business mind? Yeah, you're so right. And right. and many people don't try and have that, right? And or mm -hmm. they'll even feel embarrassed at the fact they need to. But let, let's use him as a great example. Look at Tony Robbins. Tony has a huge team of people, right? I know who most massive. of those guys are. Like it's a massive he's a giant organization. Like he is the face and the brand. But what you think Tony's doing his sales calls or he's sorting out his email funnel or he's checking out his payment processor? No, of course he's not. He's paying no attention to any of that shit. What he's doing is staying focused in that vibration, dialed that in. frequency, completely dialed into his success so that he can deliver results again, 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 without dipping in and out of, oh, well, now I got to do, do this shit. And now I got to go figure out how to write this copyright. Right. No, it, he doesn't do that. It's important to, I guess, make your bones, though. On being that, I guess you would say, wearing all the different types of hats. Because I learned so much in my first, I guess, five years in entrepreneurship and getting into multiple seven before I made that leap. Yeah. I learned so much that I I don't ask my team. They don't work for me. They work with me. But they Dude. make that choice. Yes. You can work for me or work with me. Yes. And obviously, they'll pick the other one, right? So, yeah, yeah. But I learned so much. I wouldn't ask my team to do something that I can't do five times faster than them. Yeah, yeah. See, it's interesting because I think my I, – I hear what you're saying, and we've all been through but that. You gotta make, but that's my point. It's making but, it switch. It's making it for, switch. For me, like my attitude was always like business is a team sport. And maybe this is because I came from a, a yep. sports environment. So my attitude was I don't want to have to go and learn how to defend because I'm a great striker. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to focus on that bit and know that I need to partner with those people. So even like when it. I was broke and didn't have the money to do all these things, I mean, I've done those things where I sit and watch like a video for six hours on how to make a WordPress site. And then I just give my head a wobble and be like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not a web developer. I'm going to go and do a trade. I'm going to go and do a barter because that was how I got all of my businesses off the ground was I'd go to somebody who designed sales processes and, and CRMs and all this kind of stuff. And I go to web developers and I'd say, look, I could do this for you. You can do this for me. It's going to be Even far trade. more than the, yeah, it's far more than the monetary exchange. It's going to be better for both of us. What do you say? And the amount of times that I'd be blown away by using the example of like a web developer and they go, Oh dude, I, I can knock that out in my sleep. Like give me two hours and I got the mm -hmm. thing built for you. And yeah. it's like, no, it's no, it's, it's important. It's, it is it is important because you people don't understand that there's a couple of different parts of your brain that give you satisfaction and you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. Well, that first five years, I'm 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 referring to more of the sales side. Yeah, oh, definitely. Do, you know what I mean? So the sales side, that's my cup of tea. That was my specialty. Yep. That's my zone of genius. It brings me a lot of fulfillment. But dealing yep. with spreadsheets and dealing with admin shit and all that bullshit. Well, I quickly learned how to delegate. Yeah. that stuff <laughs> yeah, because if i did. didn't i would be able to get on one of these calls right now and i mm -hmm. wouldn't be speaking english to you yep. i'm like what I'm so I, I don't you. know i can't my that different part of my brain isn't kicking in i'm like mm -hmm. i don't know what's happening right now so and then i quickly learn okay i don't just need a team what i need is i need to find people that are bought into the mission one yes and once they bought into that mission they, they, I could ask them to do anything they want to do and then they'll go do it because they're bought into the mission. Mm -hmm. They, they know when I need my downtime and a downtime for me is more of the creative side of me. And that mm -hmm. sparks the creative side. And I guess that's something that we can kind of like, I guess, go a little bit more in detail. Like where did you sure come can. up with some of these ideas on the areas of opportunities that being exposed to some of these kind of trade-offs and knowing what you needed in your business at that time, or is just something that, you just had, I guess, an uncanny ability to be able to tap into? It's a great question. I think 
I, I'd like to, look, there's definitely been things that I've learned because I've been exposed to them as we've gone along. Mm-hmm. But I think the two things that I've always been very good, well, three things that I've always been very good at ever since I was a child. Number one, I've always been very good at communicating. Number two, I've always been very good at, at trading and getting people to do stuff for me that I didn't want to do in return for me doing something for them that I actually wanted to do. Uh, and the third one was I've always been a really great introducer. I've always been really I good like at that. going, I know you're going to like this person. Let me put you two together and see what happens. And now I just do that on a business front and it, it's fun. Um, I mean, a great example of that is my best friend um, or one of my best friends, I should say, um, is married to a guy that I introduced her to in Hungary. He was the sports journalist <laughs> doing an great? interview for me. I was like, you're going to really love my best friend. So I introduced the two of them. They're now married, have been for a number of years. They have a son who has my middle names as his name. <laughs> um I made that introduction happen. I love that I made that introduction happen because these two are two individuals that I really like who are madly in love and very happy as a result. I love the fact that in business, multi-million dollar deals happen because I've gone, ooh, you two are going to like each other. Let me put you together and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So I've always been really good at that. That said, podcasting and the experiences of you know having to think outside the box um like when i talk about trade i talk about things like dude i don't want to do this homework assignment but i'm really good at that bit so why don't i do that bit for you and you do this bit for me yeah we learned that in elementary school what do you call it primary school and here yeah so yeah or, or things like, uh, listen, you're really good at algebra, and I know that girl who's a cheerleader that you really want to I'm going to hook so you up. I'm going to hook you up. You sort my homework out. Is that a good trade? Like, dude, By the way, I'm still waiting to use algebra. I'm still no, waiting to use that shit. I'm still yeah, waiting. Me too. I'm waiting for the day. I don't know if I'm going to shoot fireworks or some shit. I don't. Pythagoras' theorem and stuff. Like, when are you ever going to get around to you doing that stuff? <laughs> I, I, okay, whatever. But <laughs> so my, my wife, my wife, talking about. Um, we were talking about this the other day. Actually, she was saying, you know, she really used to enjoy science class. And I was like, yeah, I mean, science is really cool, but like. I don't have a Bunsen burner, nor do I have somewhere that I could plug it into, even if I did own one, nor would I know what I'd burn. So this probably isn't for me. Like, like, and I, my, they, like, let's just do this very quickly, actually, because I want to, without going off on a tangent, I want to say something about the education system. The education system is designed to create workers for the industrial revolution. Yep. It's, it's not created to design entrepreneurs. If it was... School wouldn't punish you for being low grading in one area and high in another and say you need more consistency. Mm -hmm. What they do is they'd allow you to break your school report up for the year into a team. Listen, you take maths and science, you take drama and music, I'm taking sports and this, and then you go and do that, and we're going to get a straight A's across the board. It's not going to happen. It's about control. It's about control. They want to control you, right? Yep. It's just, it just like any other, like, look at relationships. If yeah. I try to, if I was in a relationship with a girl named Sally and all I did was try to control her, I mean, what mm-hmm. is the odds of that relationship actually working? Mm-hmm. Unless yeah, she's so a, right. not unless she's, not unless she's just likes to be ran over and she has codependencies or whatever, yeah, but yeah. I'm not trying to get into all that stuff, but I'm just understanding. Right, I dude. love, I love the way that you're explaining it because it's true. Yep. If yes. I'm really good at science and I really suck at English. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, okay. So? So? Yeah, Put like, a fucking you know, lab coat on me. Exactly. You know <laughs> that in business, it's like, I'm really good at this bit and crap at this bit. So guess what? I don't do the bit that I'm crap at. Like, this right. isn't rocket science. And, and it was the same in sport. Like, I was saying to somebody earlier, like, I had a, I had two different managers and they both had very different kind of mentalities. One was very defensive and one was kind of play to your strengths. And I really didn't like the defensive manager. And I understood why he did it. It was like a 12 men behind the ball, 11 men behind the ball kind of thing. But the the reason I didn't like him was because as a striker, he used to say, get back and defend. And I was crap at defending. So even if I did get back, it was more likely that a player was going to embarrass me with a piece of skill that I didn't know how to tackle them or, you know, mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, I don't know how much football slash soccer you watch, but um, there's a saying where it says, oh, he tackles like a striker. It's a striker's tackle. Yeah, and a striker's yeah. tackle is basically, I'm going to try and break your legs because I don't know how else to stop you running. <laughs> and dude, the amount of times I get dragged back and I just have to do that because I had nothing else in my arsenal. Like that was all I had. And the other manager was like, Phil, stay up there score the goals our job is to get the ball to you yours is it to put it into the back of the net i don't even want you to see you leaving that box i'm like dude I beautiful love you. i, I love it it's just like tom it. brady trying to t- trying to tackle somebody okay yeah, exactly. just like, you, why would you, you don't do he's, one of the, he's gonna be arguably one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game yep because they're judging it by championships and that's that's something that i wanted to have a conversation about with coming from sports yep. and then transferring those skills over to business is not that difficult. 
No, no, not at all. In fact, um, there's a, I still treat business like it's a giant sport. Yeah, um, I love and, it. And, and I mean that in like every kind of aspect of what I'm talking about too. So the way I prepare for games is the way that I prepare for summits and talks and meetings. It's, uh, it's tactical. Um, when I'm recruiting for my business, I only do it for two months a year during set periods that I call my transfer seasons. Because outside of that, I'm causing instability in the team and I'm getting stuff all messed up. So I will reassess like a month before the... Tra- so let's say transfer season is January. So in December, I'm going to review my team, do performance reviews, see, okay, that next push we're doing to get to that trophy... Is there anybody that I need to bring in? Are there any areas that we need to strengthen to be able to make that happen? And that's, I run my business like it's a sport. In fact, I've never told anybody this, and I'll let you in a little secret. In my kitchen, I have two sides of the wall uh, that are giant stick-on blackboard paper. And I've written on it with chalk. And I have loads of notes. I have quotes and things, but I have loads of stuff on there that's quite helpful for me. But one of the things that I have is my formation of my football team, my soccer team, with the names of people in my business and oh, the on the fence so I know who I'm bringing <laughs> on. I know who my strikers are. I know if they're not scoring that I need to check whether it's the delivery they're getting from lead generation, if it's happening with lead generation, is there something that's happening in defense? If we're getting them into defense and we're not retaining them as customers and there's something happening at the back with the goalkeeper, and I need to figure out what's going on. So every aspect of my business, any challenge that comes up, I'm looking tactically to see what's going on and what can I change to give them some support. Wow. I love that you said that, okay? Because, (laughs) oh, shit, we're going to have some fun now. All right. (laughs) It's like, oh, shit, here we go. So leadership, sports. I learned sports, went to military, crazy amount of leadership. Learned from Mm -hmm. an amazing amount of leaders, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, one thing that I did pick up in the military that I didn't pick up in sports as much is that next man up. You get shot mm-hmm. coming out of that helo, next man up. So mm-hmm. I have a backup strategy for another strategy. Yep. So sometimes I have, there's never a bad team. There's just a bad leader who I have at that spot. And sometimes yep. the leader isn't the most, I guess you would say, the most outstanding when it comes to executing on one individual task, but they can Correct. lead a crew. Definitely. I couldn't and, agree more. And I, that's how I look at like when I'm hiring and it's not about me hiring anymore. I hire my executive staff and they're obviously doing those things, but yep. don't get it twisted. Like I don't know what's happening just mm-hmm. because they're, they're making an actual hire and they're actually having the interview. Don't get it twisted. Like I don't listen to the call. I don't watch mm-hmm. the call. And I read energy. I'm like, nope, not that one, not that one, not that one. Before you get a call for the interview, don't think that I'm not the one pulling the trigger. Mm-hmm. Because I want to know what's coming in, what's going out. If you know what's coming in and what's going out, then you can get everything else in the middle of it. I can hire for. Let me um, let me tell you something. One of the things that I this is one of the things I learned from um, from sport actually is I had a manager and they were very good at recruiting players and helping players to settle in quite quickly because we've all seen that right. It doesn't matter what sport you transfer somebody in and it takes them ages to settle and yeah, quite, yeah. you know they're not jelly. So the way that he used to avoid that from happening was he would only recruit players who already had friends in the squad who would recommend them. Okay, I like it. So like kind of like referrals when it comes to business. 100%. So what happened with me is every single one of my core members of staff came either because I met them at a summit where they heard me speak or I met them on a podcast and they said, I want to get involved. So every single one of them resonated with the message before they got a job and they came in off that basis. So then what happened is I said, okay, you know what we're trying to build. Here's some inner circle stuff. Here's what we're trying to do. Any ideas, anything anyone wants to share. Now go out and have a look at your network and tell me whether there's anybody that we should be speaking to about bringing them into the business. You know, we're particularly looking at this area and this area right now. Is there anybody that you know that we should be having a conversation with? You've got to work closely with this person. So if they're going to annoy you, let's not bring them in because this is a family. This is our team, right? This is our team ethos, our environment. We're going to crush this together. What we can't have is some guy on the team that we all think is a douche. Right. Mm -hmm. Because then we're not going to want to pass in the ball. We're not going to celebrate when he scores a goal. Like it's a complete 
there's no point, right? It's, it's the complete opposite of what it is we're trying to achieve. I swear to God, we're cut from something, man. Okay, keep going. I love it. So it's, <laughs> so it's like, so go away and have a chat with these people and then come back to me when, when they resonate with it. And as a result, they come back and everybody that seems to work with me from this point now is coming to me saying, oh, I know such and such a person. I've worked with them for years. I've never seen them so happy. I love what you're doing at Billionaires in Boxes. Here's what I think I can bring to the table. Here's what I see you're doing. And they've already done tons of research. Now, having owned an executive search firm, I can tell you how rare it is to actually get a decent level candidate to do any proper research ahead of a job interview. They won't even read the freaking actually application no. properly when it comes to understanding the business. I know no. for sure when someone, I did at least a lot of hiring and firing when someone would come in and they would tell me about the business, I'm like, you're hired. Yeah, <laughs> you're so right. So You're hired. So we, I, the, what's been coming up recently, and I don't know when it happened, but I love that it has been. I'd say over the past 12 to 18 months, I've been receiving selfie style videos from applicants ahead of their call with me to say, I was That's listening dope. to your interview with such and such a person and I love that you're doing this. I also saw that you're speaking at this event. Do you know there's another one like that in Atlanta? I know the guy that I could introduce you to there. And it's like, they already, they're already behaving like one of the team. Like, I love that. It's very easy for me to picture you being, for want of a better expression, in the squad because you're behaving like one of the squad. I love this, man. You know what's funny? Oh, man. Jesus, man. I, this is so funny. I don't want to get too long-winded because this is your interview. There's a partnership that I've done, and I can't really disclose the name, but it's a big name, okay? Mm -hmm. And I always knew at some point that I would do business with him. Mm -hmm. However, didn't know if I was ever going to come in contact indirectly. Not directly, indirectly, because that's mm -hmm. how I like to poach. Is yep. coming indirectly. And what I mean by indirectly, I am so freaking strategic and very methodical. Okay. Yeah. Very intentional, very deliberate. I want to knock down all the areas and all the people around him to where, not that I'm just going to be in every conversation. Yep. I'm going to be in every conversation that he has conversations with, with my name in their mouth. Yeah. And by the time subconsciously, <laughs> I reach out or my staff reach out and does an introduction. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. Absolutely. You're looking at six months of thinking outside the box oh. to land that huge deal. I are so similar. Do you know that? So it's what that's one of the strategies we use in our business. And the example I to use people, in fact, let's use his name because we used him earlier. If you wanted to get Tony Robbins on a podcast, like good luck to you, right? Because he's got an entire team of people who are there to stop you from seeing him. So how do you get to Tony? Okay, back, no, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up, back up. Let's back up just just for a second there. I want to hear everyone to hear what you just said. Okay. He's got a team of people to stop you. Yeah. So think about that. We know this. They don't know that. Yeah. Okay. That's a good point. Yeah. So he has. He has teams of people who are like, he will have somebody who you will speak to who vets whether you should speak to the person who would speak to the person who would speak to Tony. There it is. Right. So if you don't have something really valuable to offer, you're not getting through that, right? That's mm -hmm. not happening. They are there to stop you from doing that, okay? So, and in fact, this works in every walk of life. Like, if you're trying to apply for a job in a company, like, the HR department are there to filter applications to stop you speaking to the ops director who actually makes the decision, right? So how do you backdoor that? Same way you do it with the ops director is the same way you do it with Tony. You interview and speak to their friends. You speak to the people who have influence over that person. Because then if you're in speaking with, like if I take Tony and I'd say, okay, he's working with Dean, he's working with this guy. I know he's yeah. working with Adam because he's been with him for a while. I know he's got this guy. So I'm going to be really close with all of them and start doing work with them because they're far more accessible to me than Tony is. I'm now very close to six or seven people who are close to tony yeah either they're going to make the introduction and that's going to come up or you say you know because you know, that i mean look for people like us that happens all the time i how you know is there anybody else i can introduce you to is there anybody anything you're trying to do at the moment well you know um i haven't met him yet but i'd really love to do some work with tony oh i know tony he's a good friend of mine let me make an introduction for you and you're like mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Right. Or, I didn't, didn't plan that at all. And that's the, exactly. that's the whole point. You get really good about what you do. You don't plan it anymore. Amen. Right. But you just hit the nail on the head. The other thing you can do is get in touch with Tony's team now. And the second he hears your name, it's going to be, oh, I actually know who that is. A couple of people have mentioned his name to me. Yeah. It's not ready yet. You got to prime it. Yeah. You have to prime. You have to prime your approach. So I just want to be in. I learned this. I can't remember who exactly said this. It was a somebody in sports. But I want to be in every conversation. It was in recruiting. I think it was Dabo Sweeney's college football coach mm -hmm. for Clemson Tigers. And I think he was talking about this with Alabama. That's it. 
when he was playing for Alabama when they won a championship, they called it the Roy bus. It's the rest of y'all over there, and it's us over here. Yeah. So I, I have that approach. We're, I'm in the rest of y'all bus right yeah. now If in that situation. So how can I get not on that bus, but how can I get in the conversations before they get on the bus? Mm-hmm. So, so if you keep hearing my name come up, why do I keep hearing this name? Mm-hmm. And it makes it even difficult when you have a really common name like mine. So well, what's interesting right. is you can get even bigger as well. So like I, I found this by accident and it kind of one of them happened recently and it surprised me. So I'm going to share it with you because this works time and again, you know, it does. I know it does. So I'm going to tell you the time that it worked better than I expected. <laughs> I wanted to meet somebody who was, they do a lot of work with the government in this particular country but they head up a bank and they, the reason I wanted to work with that particular bank was they do a lot of the bank rolling and financing for FinTech and the emerging finance market. Okay. Gotcha. And I wanted Falling. to do more work in that space. So I was deliberately meeting people cause I couldn't get the CEO of this bank on the phone. Right. I am not even from that country. So, I was trying to basically find everybody that I knew that they'd spoken with. So anyone they'd done a keynote speech with, anyone they'd been on a television interview with, anybody they'd done a high-level media interview with, I was doing interviews with and I was meeting them, right? So eventually I get a call with the guy um, and he says to me, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine. Do you mind if I arrange another call and I'll bring him on in the next call? I said, no, that'd be great. I said, do I need to prepare? And he said, no, no, it's probably best you don't because I like how raw you are. Like, I want to hear your authenticity. And I was like, okay. So it's a bit cloak and dagger. I had no idea who this was. I come into the Zoom call and he's brought the president of the country onto the the Zoom call with him. And I'm like this. And he's like... "Um, Everywhere I turn, I keep hearing your name. So I'm keen oh, to learn more about this you and so awesome. <laughs> I'm now speaking with the president of a country because mm-hmm. it turns out that all those people that I was speaking to to get to that bank CEO, they also knew the president. So they they were all saying he's doing this great stuff. You should speak to him. I'm now doing a governmental level project with incubators within the fintech space because the president told them they needed to do work mm-hmm. with me. This is like, that crazy? That opened doors like you wouldn't believe, right? And because I was then working with the president of that country and had governmental access, I was then able to backdoor access that to other countries to say, hey, I'm doing this project with these guys over here. I see that you've got something similar here. Would you be interested in having a conversation? And it was like, well, if you know him, then fine. Let's have this conversation. Let me introduce you to our education minister and we can figure something out. And it's like the domino effect. And so many people don't do this. And I really want to stress this point because it's one of the things that I've always done naturally. And and the more I've t- coached people, the more I've become aware that this isn't, I don't want to say normal, but this isn't kind of how most people think. This un- well, so I led the call off saying that we were uncommon thinkers or we're uncommon yeah. achievers. So we're, we're really not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so this one for me is I clone people. And when I say I oh, clone people, I look at who I'm enjoying working with and say, you are not alone. There are other people in your space that do what you do. And if you're having this problem and I was able to give you this solution because you had that vision, I can repeat that for other people. So I make a clone list of usually somewhere between 10 to 20 people globally. And I say, I'm doing this for someone in the US who had this challenge needed to get here. And I did this to get them there. Are you having a similar challenge? Would you like some support with that? And then they go, yes, 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 yes. And then I caveat that with, I only want to work with the industry leader or your current industry leader or those that have the potential to be the future industry leader. So I'm going to pick one or two in each space. Why should it be you? At which point, all of those. Dude, have you, how many episodes have you listened to mine? Like, seriously, you're talking about my sales process. It's, dude, it works a treat. Like, why Why would you not do that? Why would you win a customer? It's the easiest. Allow, allow them to choke themselves. Amen. But, like, why would you not do the cloning part? Like, I speak to people and they're like, you know, I've got these 10 customers that I really love. I just can't find any more. And it's like, what, do these 10 people all do something completely unique in the world? That's mindset. Loop back back at the beginning. That's mindset, though. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What you think think is impossible, I know it's possible. Hmm. Each of those people have at least 20 other businesses globally that do behave like that. There's 200 lists. Like, you've just told me you only want to get another 10 clients. You can't can't win 10%? You got to be 10% smart at anything you work on in these days. And I don't care if it has a brain or not. Mm-hmm. If you are allowing, and this is a choice, you have to allow something to beat you down and rub you down to the bare minimum. Yep. 
like you mentioned like some of these conversations and putting yourself in those rooms. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it gets really cool. And just like, and I love, thank you for sharing that story with me. Cause it actually most welcome. allows me that I'm not fucking nuts. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> it does. It actually gives me a little bit of reassurance. Like, okay, maybe I'm not losing my damn, what they call it. And you can't you losing your plot. Okay. Losing the plot. So, yeah, there we go. So when I was putting myself in certain conversations, but when you're putting yourself in certain conversations, you need to feel comfortable in those conversations Absolutely. and act like, and you beat you are that person it's not a persona it's you you deserve you have to that's the switch Mm -hmm. like it's not about like when i meet astounding individuals i expect to meet astounding individuals because i do astounding work and hard work on myself correct correct and you know what people that try and put that persona as well i'm gonna tell them this because there'll be some listening to this show that are like you know i have a i have a front i do this that, and the other like you and i put ourselves out there in the media right and and in things like podcasts like i've done over ten thousand hours of podcasts like either i'm the greatest actor in the world or this is who i am (laughs) right because like i can't play a role for ten thousand hours like this is either who i am or it's not Um, you deserve to be in like you you deserve to win an oscar at some point exactly i love this Man, I yeah, love it. Tom, yeah. Tom Hanks, eat your heart out. I'm clear. Like Denzel, step aside. Like I've been playing this role for ten years. King Kong ain't got shit on me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I love that film. Uh, um, me too. That was great. But you know, the, the the people who who are fake. Like I want to give you an example because this is a real life story. So I was at um I was at the south. I was in South Africa. I was in Cape Town, and it was the final day of the one day international series in the cricket between Australia and South Africa. And I was in the president's box. And in this box was like CEOs of banks and you know, president's aides and uh, a couple of, I think the vice president, the president wasn't there. Vice president was there. Uh, head of the opposition was there. Uh, head of Springboks rugby was there. Like everybody big fish, right, is in this box. And we're all having beers and we're all just chilling and, and having a conversation. And a few people are like, hey, we should go for a round of golf. Because for those of you that don't know, that's where tons of business happens. Like a most lot. of the business gets done I would, the probably, golf I would probably say 70%. Yeah. Like you get to hear about it after they've decided to do it on the golf course. Yeah. Right. Or a couple of cigars. Yeah, exactly. So what ended up happening was this guy comes in and he's talking to him. And I thought, I'm not sure about this guy, but he's not done anything wrong. Right. He's not done anything to bug me. He's just, he's too nice. Right. And I was like, and anyway, so everyone's like smiling at him. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So then he leaves. Right. Within 30 seconds of him having left, everybody turns to each other and looks at him. Like, and then the guy. CEO of this bike goes, I hate this guy. <laughs> uh, and he's like, he's so fake, right? Like, does he think that we can't see through it? He said he just comes in with his phosphorescent white teeth and like, hey, everyone. And he's like, you just, no one's that happy all the time, dude. He said, just come in and say, you know, how you do it? Yeah, you know what? Work's going pretty well, but my wife's a bitch. Like, I'll have more respect for you if you're coming to do that. Well, Don't you'll actually and- have a lot of, you'll actually, you what you're sparking right there is being, being 100% authentic in yourself. Yep. And that what speaks volumes on who you are and your character. Mm-hmm. I, I saw this quote the other day, and it was actually in a movie, too, I was watching. Mm-hmm. It talked about if you lose money, you don't lose anything. If mm-hmm. you lose your health, you lose something. Mm-hmm. Well, if you lose your character, you lose everything. Yeah, you're so right. It's a good quote. You're so, so right. Money, look, money is the byproduct. And this is another thing I think people need to realize because so many people – put their business goals based on financial like we have financial targets of course we do we're in business right but that's a target but that's a target it's not the reason we do it right money is a byproduct and i can tell you this firsthand because i've grown and sold businesses where my focus has been the money like my first million nearly killed me like mm-hmm. it nearly killed me because I was working ridiculously long hours. I was in and out of hospital. I had perforated stomach ulcers. Dude, I caused my appendix to rupture because of stress and discharged myself 12 hours after the operation to go to a business meeting. Mm-hmm. I was an idiot. I was an idiot. We're, we're, we're driven by what we thought Absolutely. was success. Well, success is a warm place to hide, bro. And we yep. talked about this on our first conversation. Yep. I don't even remember this. Success is a warm place to hide from a person like myself and with you. Like I have a high emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and I've believed inside deep in my soul that 98% of the world didn't know what I know and they didn't yep. know how to execute on what I did. And I felt like my flu game was better than everybody else. Yep. So I can tactically be able to do it. Yep. Well, that 2% of the world, that 2% of myself that I was leaving that un- untapped potential mm-hmm. that transformed me from really really great at what i did to phenomenal to then unstoppable 
I agree with you completely. And when you lead with all the things that potentially people's versions of you they attach to and they want to whatever, like I don't give a shit. I'm willing to destroy the version of myself today. Yep. You got you got nothing on me. Like, what are you gonna do? Like making money is the easy part. I already have now the knowledge. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. Well, an example for people with this is that you know, there are some people who, you know, they make it in life and then suddenly they go bust, right? Because it happens from time to time. And they go lose yourself. You lose yourself. And they're the person who in 30 years' time is gonna be propping up the end of the bar saying, I used to be somebody, right? And then there are other people who they go bust. And it seems like six to eight months later, they've got another multi-million dollar business. And it's like, how did they do that? It's because of the knowledge. It's like they got to step 18, made a mistake and fell down. They didn't then sit and cry about it. They went, oh, crap, I won't make that decision again. Well, at least I know the step one to 17 is much faster because I already know that knowledge. And they're straight back at it again. What scares me about today's society is that we're breeding weak-minded individuals. Oh, yeah. And as soon as they're able to be faced with a little bit of adversity of someone saying, you don't need that, or you don't do, and they're going to listen. Well, I learned at a very young age, you don't listen to anyone. No. If you want to do something, go take it. Yep. Then ask for permission. And I'm, I'm just very grateful. And I'm very fortunate that I had the family that I did. I didn't come from a lot of money, but I, they were that family, that generation was breeding strong minded individuals. Yep. And at some point in my life, you're going to have to make a conscious decision. Either you get in line with everybody else or you go, well, I kind of like it over there. That might be a hard road, but Mm -hmm. I would much rather choose that and just feel the satisfaction that we feel on a daily basis Mm -hmm. of going, whoa, I'm so grateful Mm -hmm. because I don't think about all the hardship. I think about a man. I'm just so the, the, you can't describe the feeling. No. I mean, it's even like, I don't think people quite realize this. And this is where you and I are wired differently. I swear we are. We're not alone with this, but we're definitely in the minority. Is that, you know, take, talk about money for a second. You can earn $100,000 in a job or you can earn $100,000 in your own company. And you end up working twice as much in your in your own company to do that $100,000. Mm-hmm. But you love it so much more. Mm-hmm. It feels so much more valuable to you because you built it's it. It's like, like chewing I'm, nails, bro. It's like chewing I'm, nails. Like, yeah, oh, exactly. But like, I did that. I made that, right? And it, it it's kind of for me it's the same sense as, you know, you can climb to the top of the mountain or you can get the ski, uh, get the ski lift, right? And both of them get to the top of the mountain. True. But if I put both people down at the bottom of the mountain again, say ski lift's broken, <laughs> the one that knows how to climb the mountains get mm-hmm. into the top, you're going to die halfway up without any oxygen. Well, you've been there before. A good friend of mine, Charlie Smith, he's he's obviously done it extremely well. He came on, he's got an Overcome Out Loud podcast. Um, he's got, he's got I don't know, prefle of freaking different businesses. He's done so much, obviously, in his life. You know, went from broke to went from broke to rich to wealthy to broke and then almost lost it all and obviously yeah. sobriety and whatnot and raging wars within himself and overcoming mm-hmm. just guess why he's got his podcast called but he talked about he goes no one dropped you off on a helicopter on that mountain chris did you and i'm like you're prepared to go down to the bottom and be like all right <laughs> it's all good but then once you get to the top of the mountain here's the thing mm-hmm. about the top of the mountain i want everyone to understand now you're changing your now you can see across the horizon yeah be like holy shit there's a whole there's a lot of other mountains over here yeah, never, yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> but like what the freak man i don't even see that damn thing like okay well how do i get over there well let's look at now it's all about distribution channels mm-hmm. who's the king of that mountain and i need to know that mountain king and i well that queen over here and i need to okay well how can we bridge or build a bridge from here to there Cause I'm not going to go all the way back down through the jungle. I just climbed, climbed up oh, this yeah. damn mountain. I'm not going to go all the way back down there if I don't mm-hmm. have to, but how can I get over there and get over there? So now we can all work together. And that's where the biggest shift that we've seen in the last two decades that mm-hmm. people are holding on to things, thinking that, you know, I got the best system and the best what, and yeah. that shit means anything. Now it's about community first. Well, that's where that collaboration thing happens, because to use the analogy you just gave, there are people now stood on the top of the mountain with you that says, oh, I used to be on that big one over there, and then I screwed up and I ended up back here, but I know exactly how to get back there. Who wants to come with me? Boop. Right. And now you're all off on that next journey because, you know, I remember, uh, again, people, a lot of people think financially. So let's talk financially. I remember like the first million was like, okay. And then it was like, we need to get to 10 million. And it was like, okay. 
and you speak to people and they're like, there's no way you can make $10 million oh, doing this. this, right? And then you speak to someone who's making a couple of hundred million dollars and you say, can I make $10 million doing this? And they were like, yeah, yeah easy next week, like, this month. Yeah, like, of course you can. Then you speak to billionaires and they're like, yeah, just do this, this, and this. In fact, let me plug you in with someone. I know someone that can help you with that. And and those conversations, you know it, those conversations are ridiculous. They, they're amazing. It's kind of like someone talking to us about what well, should I start a podcast? But by you asking me this question, yeah, obviously, you just do this, this, and this, and away you go. It's Absolutely. really not Dude, complex. Yeah, it's it's really not. And and you know, there's a there's a saying, and I use it every single day, and I mean every single day, I use this saying at least once. Um. And uh, it was a Bill Gates quote. And he says he hires the laziest person to do the most difficult job because they'll find the quickest way of doing it. I don't consider myself a lazy person, but I definitely subscribe to that school of thought because my attitude is, why would I spend time, effort and money building a list of 100,000 people for me to market to when I'm going to get like a 5% open rate when I could podcast with five people this week who each have 100,000 reach in a mailing list, give them 10% of the any introductions they get that result in sales and reach half a a million people this week. (laughs) Like, why why would I do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm going to spend money on Facebook generating a mailing list where you could just say hey you've got a mailing list how about we split some profit together and people are like oh no i, I don't like money it's i'm like, fucking dying laughing inside right now because i was no just talking that. i was nope. just, i'm dying laughing right now because i actually bill five thousand dollars per hour night time yeah okay five thousand uh, what when i'm doing a contract or when i'm brokering a deal whatever and what i put on that invoice of my time is an hour is five grand okay yep. Not saying that's what's worth it or whatever. That's what we put on, just like a lawyer. If you want to speak with a lawyer, they're going to charge you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Unless it's a free consultation. Well, podcasting, if you invite me on your show and you can show me the demographics of who you whom you have in your audience and whom I can speak to, well, I will waive that five thousand dollars and I'll go on your show and talk for an hour and a half, two hours. Yes, and you can uh... ask me anything you want to ask me. I say this to people all the time. I say, if you sent my team a message and said, I want to speak to Phil for 45 to 60 minutes, they're going to say, sure, here's his invoice. You invite me on a podcast and you can tell me that you're either going to look to become a customer, introduce me to your audience and they're worth speaking to, or you want to become a strategic alliance and introduce me to some people that you know, that's worth far more than me to me billing out an hour's consultation to you. So I'm going to come talk to you. Of course, right. I, I, have, I have a lot to say now. So tell me more. Okay, I wanted to I leave with this one that I wrote it down on my little cue card, right? So mm-hmm. my little things that I write down when I'm having conversations. Yeah. You mentioned, you know, obviously having conversations and getting yourself in rooms that you typically wouldn't be, I guess, in alliance with or even in the circumference of being around, right? Yeah. In a cloud. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's relate it back to podcasting just for a second for those okay. who maybe have not thought about this approach. And this is what my approach is when I do need to get someone's attention. Take yep. a clip in a podcast. So we're having a conversation right now and someone wants to go, oh, I don't know how to get from a network to an agency or sell an agency or whatnot. Well, I mm-hmm. know that I'm speaking to you now. Mm-hmm. And if they're aligned to that message, then I'm going to have a conversation and I'm going to bring up a topic they like to talk about and I'm going to clip it, post it, tag you in it. And now I got your attention. Exactly. Another way of doing it is I, I like to watch, I consume a lot of content, not that I need the content, I consume the content to look at the art of podcasting, the art of asking questions, because that's mm-hmm. my specialty, okay? Mm-hmm. So when I'm looking at people that do interviews, as you know, I don't, this isn't, I don't ask you, hey, here's the question I wanted to ask, I don't do that shit, but I look yep. at interviews that you went on, okay? Yep. And I have done this with you. Yep. Well, I know that what you like to talk about and what you don't like to talk about, and what you light up on, you can see it in your face. Mm-hmm. So when you came onto the show, it's not that I had an idea of what I wanted to ask you. I just knew the conversation to get there eventually. So yep. for those out there that really want to get an attention of a podcaster and get on a show of your dreams, I would highly recommend watching some of their content and then look for an area of opportunity going, you know, I watched you on this show and they should have did this for you. They should have asked you this question. And I have a question for you. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love That's it, how- dude. That's how you land high-level individuals. Go on. I'll give you one as well before we go. This will be a a nice one to finish with. And it's something I actually teach as well. So let me give it away to the listeners. Okay, good. Thanks. Part of what I do with the cloning process, right? Now, I deliberately will lead questions in a certain direction so we get to talk about particular topics. Mm -hmm. And the reason I do that is because I already know before we've recorded it that I'm going to clone it. 
So let me give you an example. Um, I'm talking with somebody in the finance space, and I know that right now they're trying to move away from the sin stocks and get more involved in things that have corporate social responsibility. So I'm going to drive the conversation in that direction. And I'm going to talk about the challenges that come up with that and how they're going to manage that with their investors and book of investors that they already have, right? The family offices, et cetera. And I do that because it's giving them a platform to talk about that, but I also know what I'm going to do with that. Because what I'm going to do with that next is I'm going to go and create a clone list of 20 to 30 of people like them globally. And I'm going to connect with them on LinkedIn if I'm not already. And I'm going to send them a message that will be something along the lines of this. Um, Hey, Chris, wanted to connect with you here on LinkedIn because your profile reminds me so much of someone that I'm doing some awesome work with and we're just absolutely crushing it together. Um, I don't want to cold pitch you, dude, because I absolutely hate it when people do that to me. But here's a link to an interview I did with someone in this space recently where we talked about this, this, and this kind of thing. If this resonates with you, let me know because I'd love to jump on a call, introduce you to the cool stuff we're doing and learn more about you. It's like, I call it fishing with bait. Like the amount of times that people come fishing back. Fishing with and, dynamite, yeah. bro. Yeah. And the other, the only other line that I would occasionally add in there, depending on whether they're a customer or a partner, is say, here's an interview I did with somebody recently who actually became a customer and partner. I think you might know them. They're in your space. And then just carry on because now I'm playing on the fear of missing out thing as well because they're going, wait, what's he doing with Chris? Like, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I got, I got one. That is fucking gold, by the way. If you're listening to this, that is gold. Use it. But here's a here's another angle, okay? And you're going to love this shit. Give it me. So say, for instance, I hate doing... I love setting people up. However, yep. I don't like the time that it takes me to set you up, all yep. right? I, and it's not really personable enough to have one of my team members set you up. Yep. So here's what I do. If I know that you really want to know this person, well, I'm going to casually just bring up that you want to know this person on the show. And then I'm going to tell them my story about how I met them. Yeah. And then when I drop the episode, I'm going to send them a personal email. Hey, your name came up in an interview. Love and then that. now they got. <laughs> That's clever. I'm using that. So I'm, that, that, yeah, that. That, I'm like, hey, <laughs> let like me know if you want me to introduce you. And that gives them an opportunity to say yes or no, because there's nothing yeah. more uncomfortable for me. Of Phil going, all right, Chris, hey, I got a guy that you really want to meet. Well, yeah. I trust your judgment, but I'm not putting your relationship on the line, though. Yeah, That's you sure, putting dude. your relationship on the line. Well, for if sure. I said, hey, Jim, or hey, Sally, I this person that I interviewed really wants to meet you. Yeah. Just so you can get a gauge on their energy and see if it is synergetic and you would like to have a conversation. Just yep. say yes or no, reply back, and then bam, I'll make, I'll have, I'll make the introduction. Well, with the name of the show in mind, here's a win-win for that. You can do yep. exactly what you just said, but what else is going to happen from that? Cross-promotion. Cross-promotion and pr- you- respect the fact that I respect the relationship. Well, the respecting is huge, right? But if you're yes. going to somebody and saying, I've mentioned you in this podcast, and, was, and you know, I was talking about that project you're doing and saying how awesome it is, so you might want to give it a share so that people can have a listen. By the way, the guy I was speaking to would like to meet you. Have a listen. If it resonates, let's hook you guys up on a call. You mentioned two or three people's names in a podcast. You've now got four industry leaders sharing that content instead of just the two of you. Absolutely. I look at when I'm doing an interview like this, especially if I'm interviewing you, and yeah. I love the fact that when people come onto the show, I don't ask them normal questions that they're, they're typically asked. Did I ask you one question about how you sold two podcasting networks? No. That's what everyone is going to ask you. That's what everybody wants to ask me. Everyone wants to ask you because it's so freaking powerful. They're like, oh mm-hmm. my God. Well, we're talking about some high level shit. So we yep. that's just something you do. I don't talk about the businesses that we haven't. If I went on your show or something of that type of nature, you're mm-hmm. not going to be like, hey, Chris, how did you sell your company for $17 million? You're not going to ask me that kind of question because it's no. irrelevant. No. You should, what you should be asking me, what do you, what actually intrigues you right now? What sparks your interest? What are you yeah. into? Yeah. Well, I want Damn. your golden nuggets. I want the stuff like, listen, I want you know, that company you sold for 17 million. What are the gold nuggets you still take with you today? And what are you plugging them into now? Right. And what did you shed? Yeah, exactly. That's what I want to know. Yeah. What did you shed? Because it's not about what, what got you there. It's a, it's a great book. What got you here? Don't get you there. Well, you yeah. gotta, you can't carry the shit with you. I mean, it's, it's all about what am I going to be able to make happen today? And if mm-hmm. it's not on that list, then I got to move, man. I'm so with you, dude. Man, I love, I love this. it. I love it. Fun. Yeah. Guys, appreciate you. Anything you need from us, reach out. There's exiting what 843-396-2104. For those in the US or Canada, text in a little app, the community thing we have. 
another strategic partnership. <laughs> got yeah. 843-396-2104 at winjet.com. For those who are international, if you are in a decided upon, send an email. Let us know how you felt about today's episode. But I, they're going to put it all in the show notes. We don't need to say that last little stupid question. Right? <laughs> so we'll put it there. Like, how do we find you? But guys, Definitely. billionaires and boxers, if you don't know what that is, Google. Google. Google but, indeed. Appreciate you, man. And stay you tuned too. for the business coming soon. We're about to build whatever the hell it is. Absolutely. It's going to be world dominated. <laughs> you can tell already. It's going to be, and it's going to be like kicking ass and just taking names. It's like, how many people can I piss off today? It's when you do get to that type of, it's like, how many people can I piss it's off? It's like today? that, uh, that line from law abiding <laughs> citizen. I love it. Where he's like, what's it good? He said, you know, what are you, are you done? He says, I'm not done. I'm just getting started. This shit's going to be biblical. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I, That's I a like great movie, that. by the way. It's a great movie. dude. I'm going to make me want to watch that movie. I haven't watched that movie in for a long time. Dude, I've watched that movie so many times. I probably could say the screen the screenwriter honestly i know the script of that movie by now you know and this is going to get released to dick's i'll let everyone and go all right guys peace out much love podcast is brought to you by winject studios we are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners downloads and income we come together to focus on community collaboration and collective impact for more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.